You are listening to The Underground Subway with host David Alston, a podcast dedicated to giving you the strategies to live a free and better life. Here is David Alston. Hi, I'm David Alston, host of The Underground Subway, and you're listening to this podcast that is dedicated to giving you the tools and strategies needed and necessary to live a better and more successful life. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you're going, there's always room for improvement. And this podcast is dedicated to giving you quality and qualified guests to help you and your family to live a better life. Today, we're going to be talking about happiness with Tom Glacier, who is known as the senior happiness superhero. I can almost see him with the cape on. We're going to discuss happiness. We'll discuss everything there is to know about happiness, including, including why we aren't happy as we should be. So without any doubt in your mind that you're going to get better, without any further ado, help me welcome Tom Glacier to the Underground Subway. Welcome, my friend, and thank you for joining us. Ah, thanks for having me. That's quite an introduction. I hope I hope I can live up to that hype, David. Yeah, up, up and away. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, before we get started, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I have your bio, you've 30, over 35 years of experience. Tell us something about yourself, and then we're going to talk about being happy, because who doesn't want to be happy? Yeah, we need it these days in particular, huh? Yes, Jeez, definitely. What a, what a time in our culture and in our world. So um, what can I tell you about myself? I um, So I'm in Minneapolis now. I spend about half the year here. And then I winter in Southern California, which I just love the desert. I'm a dog lover. I'm a gardener. I do a little bit of acting here and there. That's one of my joys. I love being with children. I love being outside. I've taken up pickleball recently. That's quite something. Uh, you, I'm, I'm sorry. You from Minnesota, you spend time in Southern California. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I'm originally from Philadelphia, yes. which means I have no clue what pickleball is. You got to explain that. <laughs> You've got to know this sport, David. It is the fastest growing sport in the country. So it's played on a court that looks similar to a tennis court, only it's about a quarter of the size and there's a, there's a net in between. And um, it also a little bit looks like tennis because you're, you're hitting a ball back and forth, but this is a wiffle ball. It's almost always played with four people. It's pretty accessible to, to get started into, but pretty hard to master. So uh, it's very social in my experience. Um, um, I'm having a blast when I don't get frustrated because my skills aren't matching my expectation. <laughs> All right. I've got to try pickleball. I, oh, I highly you know, recommend it. You should. Yes. I, you know, right now I love playing golf because <laughs> you can play. It doesn't matter your age. Right. And yes. where you are year round, pretty much you can yes. play, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Well, Tom, you mentioned something when you first started uh, speaking with us, you said, in, in especially the times that we're in in this mm. country and the world, Yes. When you look at our country, our nation here in yes. America, in doing the research, I found out that we are ranked lower than many of the country, developed countries. Mm -hmm. Why do you suppose we rank so much lower than many of, the, of our other countries around the world? It's pretty shocking, isn't it, right? With all of our resources financially and resources, otherwise natural resources, 
in, in our country. Um, and we do so many things well, right? In our culture, we do. I'm not knocking the good things that, that come. That said, I, you know, our values are skewed in a way that don't necessarily really support true happiness, right? Um, capitalism is driven on, um, uh, you know, buying goods, uh, mm -hmm. wanting things to be better. Uh, again, there's a, there is a place for both of those things. There's thing, things we absolutely need uh, to, for survival. And um, it can be really good for the spirit, we as humans, to be working towards something. So it's, it, this, is, this is not black or white. That said, happier countries uh, have very different priorities. Uh, a lot of them are um, like, like Denmark, uh, Norway, uh, in that part of the world where the social support network is so much greater, where there's universal health care, where there mm -hmm. is really um, generous uh, leave for new parents or to take care of, uh, of a sick uh, loved one. Um, we don't have those things here. You know, the values are different and they, they, um, they, these, these other values uh, these other countries that, that that rank much higher in happiness, they tend to support community versus mm -hmm. our, our value is individualistic, right? Everybody right. for themselves and strive to get ahead. And if you if you work hard enough, you can get there. Again, there's a place for that. So much good has come from that. And we are not very happy because we think if we buy the new car, we got or the or the leather couch mm -hmm. right right then i have everything and i've arrived wow. and but something's missing it is i, I want to share something i don't, don't normally try to mix guests but i want to bring in a quote that a former guest of mine said and if you can elaborate on it in your own way i had a guest to say to me something similar to what you just said he said that we should be training our children to go to school, to gain an education, to get a job that will help humanity. Yes. And if you get the job to help humanity mm -hmm. and you benefit financially, fine. But don't get a job just for the financial aspect. Get a job that will help someone else. What do you think about that? Okay, so first of all, yes. That's like the reverse of what we teach in our education right. system, isn't it? <laughs> it it's is. the exact opposite. And I so agree with what you just said. That's a great concept. Yes, if we were all, if we had that as the top priority, making mm -hmm. the world a better place for everyone, um, think of how much better the world would be, right? right. There would be, we would be solving problems. Right. So can I, can I, di oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was disagreeing with you. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to dive into what I learned because it fits with what you just said so well. Happier people do these three key things or four, depending on how you count. So happier people connect really deeply with other people. That's number one. They have relationships. They have a tribe. They have people they love and they ad feel adored back. Number two, happier people I discovered connect really deeply with themselves. They know who they are. They are mindful. They're in the present moment. So they're not missing out on the incredible opportunity that we only have right now in the present moment. They're not like distracted by um, worrying about what hasn't come yet or um, 
going over and over and over in their minds, things that happened in the past that maybe they're not so happy about. Have your people, three, connect deeply with their passions. They have mm. activities that they enjoy and they get into that, you know, what we, what we call the flow state where you lose all sense of time. Mm -hmm. And even of yourself, you lose a sense of yourself because you're just so immersed in the activity. Sometimes I feel that with pickleball. <laughs> um, so here's where the what I always call the, the the kind of the holy grail of this whole thing is so when you do those three things connect with others self and passions in the service of others David mm -hmm. that's where happiness really comes alive that's where we come alive when we are serving others when we're helping make the world a better place, we feel better because there, there's this thing. You know, I'm also a yoga teacher. That's something I didn't mention. In my yoga teacher training, one of the, and there's so many, but the primary golden nugget I got from yoga teacher training was that yoga and other activities too, but yoga in particular helps us um, disrupt self-absorption. I love that phrase, disrupt self-absorption. So less happier people, David, are very self-absorbed. They're so consumed with their depression or their, their anxiety through no fault. I'm not blaming people. I'm, it's just helpful to point out and, and to wake up. If that's a, you find yourself in that state to go, oh, maybe I'm too focused on me. Maybe it would help me to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Happier And by the way, happier people do volunteer more. They uh, donate more money. They do more good deeds. Happier people. So it's not just selfish. Happier people. Like we all enjoy being around happier people more than less happy people, right? Right. Because of the contagion effect. It's contagious. When we're with somebody who who has good spirits, we feel better. It lifts our spirits. So you can see, I get so passionate as I talk. I've said you know so many things. I'm going to take a breath, <laughs> check in with you. That's I can all just right. I'm go. enjoying it. Where do we? Where do you? Is there a way of knowing where America ranks uh, in the world? As oh, far as I know, there is, and the re the reference is uh, the exact reference is escaping. But if you just Google happiness rankings, annual mm -hmm. national happiness rankings. Uh, it will it will take you there. Yeah, there okay. this is studied every single year, and do we you, consistently rank way lower than most people would expect. Do you know any of any countries that rank above us? As I'm looking now, I see that we rank 19th in the world. What countries rank off the yeah, top I of know your head? It's for sure the Scandinavian countries, like I said, uh, Norway and. Um, Oh gosh, now I'm put on the spot and I'm blanking out. I just mentioned that the other, but it's, there's, there's a cluster of them in the Scandinavian because again, because mm -hmm. of their values. Okay. And, and then there, I don't want to misstate it. So I, the, the, that's mm -hmm. the only specific that I remember offhand. So but, with all, but with all that we have to offer, you would think we would be number one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. We do so many things so well. Wow. You know, it's amazing that you I, I, I mentioned earlier that I was born in Philadelphia. One of the movies that I love is the movie Philadelphia with yes, Denzel Washington and, and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Right. Yeah. And Denzel Washington uses a line that I always use mm -hmm. uh, where he had a witness on the stand and he said, now explain it to me like I'm a six year old. Mm. Explain to us, Tom, like you're like I'm a six year old. Mm -hmm. What is happiness? What does it mean for me to be happy? 
Is well, it a, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, is it a short-term, long-term? Explain what is happiness. Well, it, cha- it, it changes over time. It's, it's, a, it's a hard concept to nail down. There are no uh, agreed-upon scientific definitions. And um, the person who I go to for this question is Gretchen Rubin, who wrote uh, a, a number of books, uh, the most famous, I think, which is The Happiness Project. And that probably came out about 15 years ago. And I love what she has to say about this very question about the definitions. Um, so she says, um, it doesn't really matter that we can't agree on a definition of happiness. She said, it's similar to art. I, none of us can define art. We have right. no agreed upon mm-hmm. definition, but we know when we are in the presence of art. We know art when we see it. We know happiness when we experience it. Wow. And furthermore, what she said is um, what's more important than defining it is understanding that it is the strive toward it that is the most helpful. And this this gets at what I was mentioning a minute ago, that in our culture, there is this drive to get better. Uh, That's that is a good thing about our culture that that we work toward goals, we work toward fulfillment, we work toward finding meaning. All of those things are good. And happiness is a byproduct of our search for these things. It's also a byproduct of those things I was mentioning, connection mm-hmm. with other self and passions in the service of the greater good. Wow. So I, I sort of answered it and I sort of didn't because I can't answer it. And I don't know how I would explain it to a six-year-old. I don't think six-year-olds need it explained to them, David. They know it. They're living it already, wow, right? that is true. Right. So what happens to us from six <laughs> to, yes. to 46? Yes, it's a great question. Especially in, in our country. Yes, it's so sad, isn't it? I, I Okay, my personal theory because I, I don't totally know any kind of scientific answer to this. I think we are in a culture that teaches us to hate ourselves, David. I think there's an epidemic of self-hate, really. That's what it comes down to. I see it in my office every day. That's what I'm battling the most with the clients who are really struggling is they have absorbed these messages from the greater culture. You know, my body isn't right. I don't have the ideal body. Um, wow. And right stuff like that, or my teeth aren't straight enough. My teeth aren't white enough. Um, um, I, I don't have the right clothes. Mm-hmm. All, you go on, the list goes on and on because our again, our culture says you need stuff and you got to look good or you got to be you got to status, right? Right, which gets at that question you started with earlier about if we could teach our children to make the world a better place versus you know, status, like, like I have worked with people who, whose family um, insists that they become a doctor or a lawyer. And this person has no interest in either one of those. (laughs) No interest, but then they get all the schooling and, and they're miserable, 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 making a ton of money, looks good from the outside, (laughs) but they're miserable. Oh, I went, who would want to be in that position? No, people, come on. <laughs> you, you're right. <laughs> mm. You know, it, you mentioned about us helping one another. Well, let's let's stay on this road. Okay. You said that we live in a nation where we're taught 
you, you believe we're taught to hate ourselves. Yeah. Are we in a sense, uh, un, I hope I'm not opening the can of worms, but um, are we in a sense living in a country where we're subtly teaching each other to hate one another? Oh, well. Because if I don't like me, I'm not going to like you. That's and exactly so right. I'm starting to see things in you that I don't like Correct. because it doesn't Correct. agree with, you know, is Correct. that true? Oh man, I never, what a great question. I never quite thought of it that way. And I'm not, you'll hear, I'm not disagreeing with you. In, <laughs> in other words, I, yes, yes, yes. Oh, how sad. It's it, it is. It is. Oh. It's really sad. You know, and I, it's, it's, uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm interviewing you, so I don't want to take over. But, no, you know, no, you, I love it. I would really, love to hear. Please think see, about it. Is it organic and say what you, what's on your mind? What's coming up? Please tell our me. political system, our religious mm -hmm. system, everything points right. toward dividing us Correct. in which we should be, you know, in my opinion, we, we should live in a society or a culture that stresses that if I'm going to be happy, I want you to be happy. And the Correct. only way for me to be happy is for you to be happy. That's exactly right. Yes. You're familiar with John Nash, the mathematician? Um, no, I haven't heard of that. Made it? famous in, oh, there's a film. What is uh, A Brilliant Mind. Okay. Remember that film? Yes, yes. So there's the this point where um, in the film where it's, it's these young college five, a group of five college boys or men, young men, and there's five college age women who walk in this bar. And John Nash has this epiphany. If we all go for the most attractive one, you know, we're just, nobody wins. If we work together uh, and we look out for each other, and then everybody can find mm -hmm. a woman to hang out with mm -hmm. today. And this sounds kind of misogynistic, I know. Take, take, leave, leave that lens off yes, here. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> the point is exactly what you're saying, that we all, and it's like Paul Wellstone said, our, the, the late senator, we all do better when we all do better. And when we yes. look out, not just for number one, not just for ourselves. And, and it's not that we, you know, put ourselves down either and put everybody else up. No, no. John Nash was saying mathematically, he figured this out in this bar um, at about age 20, maybe he was 22, I don't know, but really young. Um, that we when we all look out for everybody and everybody matters mm -hmm. then we get the best result this is mathematically proven yes so what are you tom what are you doing to help people achieve happiness oh my gosh so uh going on podcasts like this um <laughs> you make me happy i mean i don't know <laughs> Um, I, uh, I try to work on myself every day. I, um, I attend to my own self-care really carefully because I know that's essential. So, uh, everything from moving my body virtually every day to, you know, what I put into it, you know, keeping social media to a minimum, um, practicing what I preach. I hang out with people I love. Um, I in, am involved in, with my passions. Um, I try to be as connected to myself as I can. I try to serve others through my work as a, excuse me, a psychologist and as a coach. 
I hope I'm making the world a better place, helping people be happier through teaching, um, meditating. I think just quieting my mind. I believe this is a gift to all. The more quiet we could all make our minds, if everybody spent 10 minutes a day breathing, slowing down, getting themselves calmer, I think the world would be a better place. So, 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 oh, and even environmentally, I try to be really careful with, you know, even when I go on uh, walks or or runs around the lake, I I pick up cigarette butts and people's litter. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so from tiny little things to big things, you know, my career to, you know, picking up cigarette butts, (laughs) I'm, I'm doing what I can do. Mm -hmm. I think you, you are. And I must uh, throw a disclaimer in that over the past week, I have started a regimen of meditation. And Mm. when I'm done every evening, you know, I'm just gradually getting up to that 10 minute. But, you know, you start off with three minutes, five minutes of breathing. And um, it just makes you feel like a totally different person. Isn't that amazing? You know, and I never thought I would be able to do it. My mind is going to race my mind is going to be yes but the time flies by and you just like whoa i needed to slow down but you know let's talk about your book okay but before we do i want to hear yes i want to talk about my book two things you just said i'd love to underscore you're spending just a few minutes so far it's you're not spending three hours or going on month-long retreats people can do that that's great Mm -hmm. but you notice a shift after a few minutes yes you never thought you could do it, you said, because your mind runs and runs and runs. All of us do that. All of us, when we're new, and even when we're really experienced, and I've been meditating for decades, my mind still goes. Right. I have a different relationship to it than I did when I started. I'm way mm-hmm. more accepting of it than I used to be. Meditation teaches acceptance, self-acceptance. Again, that's part of why the world would be a better place if we all did it, because it's, it gets at what we were talking about. Then we lo- we accept ourselves more than we accept others. Let's talk about before we talk about your book. Let's <laughs> one last thought Please. on meditation. Yes. Does does it affect us physically, as far Absolutely. as our physical health? Absolutely. People who meditate uh, are much physically healthier. Yes. Wow. Wow. Fewer I visits can't... to the doctor. Yep. I have it in schedule in my phone every night, no matter nice. what I'm doing or what I'm watching nice. or reading. Boom. I've got to stop and meditate. All Love right. It. Let's talk about this book. Yeah. Uh, explain to us uh, about your book. It's called mm-hmm. Full Heart Living. Yep. How did and it come about and talk to us about it? Sure. I'll tell you the subtitle because it kind of explains it is Conversations with the Happiest People I Know. So the truth is it came from the unhappiest period David, of my adult life, I had had my dream job for seven years. I was going to retire there, really attached. Couldn't wait to get up in the morning and go to work every day. Phenomenal. Great fit for me. Everything changed when uh, a new co-worker showed up who just couldn't stand me, hated the ground I walked on, uh, made my life really miserable, under, under, what's that, uh, undermined me, undermined projects I was working on. Um, I got depressed. Uh, despite all my years in the field, uh, I I was just miserable. And um, in the midst of my grief and depression, I noticed really happier uh, people all around me. And I just started observing them and I got more and more curious and braver. And I started asking questions and it snowballed 
into these kind of mini documentaries, I call them, or webinars. You can see those on my uh, website if, if uh, you're interested, anyone who's listening, fullheartliving.com. So I asked the happiest people in my personal life, so one degree of separation, these are not uh, celebrities, these, these are not phenomenally rich people, these are just ordinary people, like from the guy who cuts my hair to the woman who used to office next to me to somebody I was in a play with. And I sat them down and we, went, we did a deep dive and uh, in front of a camera. And the first day of filming was one of the happiest days of my life. I, I, I had known for years I was going to write a book. But I had no clue what it was going to be about until that first day of filming when I'm like, oh, this is what I could write about because I'm so happy myself. So that's how it was born. Wow. So what do you expect people? What do you hope people? Or what do you want people to, to take away from your book as they read it? I hope they will uh, connect deeply with other people. I'll, I'll just review those, those top learnings. Uh, connect with others, connect with yourself, connect with your passions, give back. Now there are, um, there are a total of 20 chapters. So there's other things that have your people do like self-care, which I was really highlighting earlier, like living in accordance with their values, mm -hmm. um, like really honoring their rhythms. Uh, but those are by far the top things. So I hope people will be inspired to make the most of their relationships. If it's their neighbors, the people that they see every day at the subway stop, speaking of the underground subway, um, <laughs> to the cashier as you buy your hot dog or your kombucha or whatever you're into, um, to your roommate, to your nieces, nephew, you know, whoever's in your life, make the most of your relationships. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's number one. That's number one. Well, Tom, there's an old adage that time flies when you're having fun. And we've certainly had so much fun and we're running out of time. And so many, so many of the things that you said have resonated and connected with me from meditation all the way down to uh, kombucha, which I love <laughs> good kombucha tea. I'm do you? Into that you do. Now. Yes. Isn't I, it so good? It oh. is so good. I, I mean, it is unbelievable. So well, tell us how we can get a copy of the book or if anyone wants to get in touch with you or see what you're doing. Sure. Fullheartliving.com is the best way. There's a direct link to buy the book. It is available on Amazon.com as well. Um, yeah, fullheartliving.com is the best way to get a hold of me, to watch those videos. To there's I have uh, another product, uh, a Conversation Spark game that's also available on my website that teaches people how to do the things I've been talking about. Wow. Well, my friend, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join the Underground Subway, and hopefully we can do this again in the future. I hope so, David. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I want to thank my dear friend Tom Glacier for spending time with us on the Underground Subway. That was so good. I, I want to challenge you to go back and re-listen to this podcast because the more you listen to it, the more you gain certain tools and nuggets from it. I want to thank him again. We know that he is very busy uh, making life better for others as well as for himself and his family. I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us on the Underground Subway. I don't take it for granted that you have taken time to listen, whether you're on the treadmill or at work, wherever you are, I appreciate you. 
Well, I hear the music playing in the background, which means that the train is pulling into the station. It's time for you to hop off, but rest assured, there's another train coming that you can hop back on that will help you be a better person. Again, before we go, I want to thank Tom Glacier for his wonderful expertise. Get a copy of that book. Let's work toward being happy. Before you go, before this train pulls away from the station, I want to challenge you before you go to bed tonight, find you a mirror. Look in the mirror, eyeball to eyeball, and ask yourself this question. Today, did I do something to make the world a happier place, or did I just waste another day? Think about that. No more time to waste. We'll see you next time right here on the Underground Subway. Subway.